Hebrew parts of their Hebrew Bible. Um, so he's basically looking at the Old Testament and saying, look, Jesus fulfilled these. He's not trying to say, oh, it's the New Testament. Old Testament doesn't apply anymore. He is using the law of Moses and the prophets to persuade them. There's a lot of people that say, we just go by the New Testament. And this is my main reason for why the Old Testament is still important for Christians today. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bible Classroom. Uh, this is the final episode in the whole series that we've been doing through the book of Acts. Um, in this episode, I have some final thoughts and conclusions on uh, what Luke wants us to take away from the ending of his book. Um, I spend a lot of time also in Romans chapter 11 in particular as well, just to give everyone some um, kind of helpful information about where the Jewish people in particular um, will end up in terms of how Paul thinks about it and uh, how he hasn't ever given up hope that they will um, accept Christianity in some uh, form or fashion. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, extra um, nuggets of information in this episode as well um, that we cover. Um, so yeah, uh, prepare for at least a little bit of Romans as well as we dive into this. All right, so, so you can kind of get a complex picture in the book of Acts, essentially, that um, we have a very heartfelt Paul that wants to reach out to the Jewish people, and yet there are prophecies, even in Isaiah, that Christians are meditating on that seem to be indicating that the Jews will not listen to Jesus and to his words. Right. And this is kind of the, the the whole sticky mess that they're in, where they want it to be a Jewish faith because it started Jewish. Its roots are in the Old Testament. They're using the Old Testament to try and prove that Jesus is who he says he is. But at the same time, there is this thread that even is in the Old Testament, as they're pointing out through these different verses, that the Jewish people are just going to have a hard time accepting this. And we can look at their own history and see that. Like the, the, the reality is that they had a hard time believing that a Messiah would come and die in a humiliating way on a cross, as opposed to being the triumphant ruler like Maccabees was. Um, like they wanted that. They wanted someone to ride in on a stallion. Maccabees literally does that, um, riding in on a white stallion. And instead they got someone that rode in on a colt of a donkey, right? Even though that's in their Old Testament Bible, it says that that figure will ride in on the cult of a donkey. They miss those verses because they're so focused on this idea of wanting that white knight savior. Um, and it's like so close, but so far, basically. Um, and so it's it's Luke really pondering, like, what's next for this situation? And so he ends this book not just because he didn't have any more to write. He ends this book on this cliffhanger kind of not even really a cliffhanger, but really just ends it in a way that we might find abrupt because he wants you to meditate on that. He wants you to meditate on the fact that this is a Jewish faith, that its roots are now being broken off and are not roots, but the closest branches to the root are being broken off and 
only these Gentile people are starting to believe this. And you're meant to go home and think about kind of be mournful of that fact. Like Paul is mournful of that fact. You're meant to be sad about that. And you're meant to pray that that won't always be the case, that something will happen that will bring that Jewish faith back. And I think that is what Luke is ending this whole thing with is like really hoping that y'all will go home after eating it and say, man, I really hope the Jewish people eventually get it. You know, like I really want that to happen. Um, and you can see this is also on the mind of Paul um, in chapter 11 of Romans. This is probably the most passionate he ever has about the future of the Jewish people. And I want to read this whole thing for you. I know it's a little long, but I just think it's so beautiful what he thinks about this whole situation. And I think it's a great place to end the book of Acts on. Um, It's just his comments, kind of commentary after it's all said and done. He says, again, I ask, did they stumble so far as to fall beyond recovery? He's talking about the Jewish people here. So did they mess up so badly that there's no hope for them? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgressions, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Look, it's because they were very stubborn that I stopped talking in synagogues and I started evangelizing Gentiles. Like, that's the very reason the Gentiles are in the faith is because they refused to listen to me. So I was like, all right, then I'm going to the Gentiles um, to make Israel envious. And this is an interesting new line he tags on is um, that he, Israel needs to be envious for them to come back to him, which I find very fascinating. Um, But if their transgressions mean riches for the world, basically if their sin of not listening to the gospel message means riches, like if it means like that the Gentiles are now going to inherit all the riches of the kingdom of God um, and their loss, their loss out of the relationship with God means riches for the Gentiles. How much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? So he's like, look, they have a track record. Yes. Of like losing things, but every time they are stubborn or every time they do something um, that's problematic or awful with God, uh, something good happens as a result of it with the Gentiles, right? Like something's, something's happening with other peoples as a result, even of their negative story. And as a result of that, if that's the case, think about when they finally do accept God, how much better things are going to be when that happens. And that's his big point here. I'm talking to you Gentiles in as much. So he's specifically talking to Gentiles, teaching them why it's important to consider the Jews. Um, in as much as I am the apostle to the Gentiles, I take pride in my, my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people being the Jews to envy and save some of them. For if their rejection brought reconciliation to the world, what will their acceptance be? But life from the death. So them rejecting the faith, brought all the rest of the world, meaning Gentiles to the faith. So he's saying their acceptance when they finally do accept God, that's when resurrection's happening. Like, like that, that's kind of what the line is. What will their acceptance be, but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits, this is using a Jewish idea in um, the old Testament, they would use uh, whenever the first harvest came in, whatever 10% of that, first growing fruit or whatever they got, they would immediately give it to God. That, that first 10% of the harvest immediately went to God and it was called first fruits. Um, and they did this with dough too. So the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy. Then the whole batch is holy. So he's saying, look, 
the Gentiles, yeah, they're first. Like um, they they got to they got to go in first, but like if they're part of the dough, like everyone is all part of this family of God and the Jews are considered the family of God. So the whole batch is holy. The root is holy. So are the branches, right? So he's saying like, look, we're all part of the same thing. We're all holy because like we're all part of Jesus. If some of the branches have been broken off and you thought a wild olive shoot had been grafted in among others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourselves to be superior to those other branches. So Jews broken off. I used this analogy earlier. Um, They're like a wild olive shoot that's been grafted in, but they're not, the Gentiles are not to consider themselves superior just because they got grafted in all of a sudden. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. So it's not because of you that this whole faith exists. <laughs> like it is Jesus is the root. He supports it. And you're just around because other branches got shorn off. You will say then branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. And he says, granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. There's a whole rabbit hole of perseverance of the saints you could talk about there. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> but I, I will stay away from that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> but regardless, what he's saying here is like, look, don't, don't be too smug just because you got into the faith. Um, you got into the faith because others were whacked off. That doesn't mean that you're safe. You could also be whacked off, you know, <laughs> basically is his point. Therefore, consider the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fell. What? thinking of the parental warning. I brought you into this world. I grafted you onto this tree. I can cut you Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you. So sternness to the Jews because they fell, but kindness to them, provided that you continue in his kindness. Again, another line of uh, anti perseverance of the saints. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. So. That's the really important line. If they do not persist in their unbelief, they will also be grafted in. So they get to come back if they don't persist in their stubbornness, right? For God is able to graft them in again. Um, I like this a lot for a point that I think we can take into all of our lives. If any of us have someone that decides not to believe, even if they've believed before, um, I really like this again because it sort of indicates that like there is sort of a chance of people being grafted back in again, right? Um, maybe this only applies to Jewish people um, and you can make that argument. Um, I personally think that this is just part of gear, uh, gear God's character. Um, put those words together. Um, but I personally think this is part of God's character is I think um, – He's always willing if anyone tries to believe in him, even if they said they believed and then said they uh, didn't believe. And I do think if they were to come back and say, I believe again, I think God would accept them again. Now, again, that's a debated topic and I'm not going to like push for that, that you, you guys should believe that. But it is something that I take comfort in in this verse. 
I'll let you guys meditate on that and let you decide on your own how you feel about that. But it's just a small comfort to me with that verse. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature and contrary to nature, basically saying y'all were wild men, (laughs) were grafted into a cultivated olive tree. So you were grafted into a nice, nice cultivated olive tree. (laughs) (laughs) I find it fun. How much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? So he's saying, like, look, y'all were really wild and y'all were able to get into this tree. (laughs) Like, think how much more the natural branches will be able to come back into it. Right. So uh, we'll stop there. Uh, There's a lot more that he goes into that's even better. That's really awesome to talk about. But that's the general gist of his point with the Jewish people is he hasn't given up hope on them. And he really does believe that uh, they. Okay, okay, I got to I got to at least give this last line. Um, So so he talks about he gives a little quote that the deliverer will come from Zion and uh, that he will turn godlessness away from Jacob. So there's this promise in the Old Testament that eventually the Jews will no longer have godlessness in them at all. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. So there is this prophecy here. This prophecy is found in, I actually should have looked this up before, but, uh, uh, yep. Uh, Isaiah 59. Um, so yep. Usually Isaiah, um, as far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. I love this. So as far as the gospel is concerned, they're not believing the gospel. They're enemies, yeah, because they're not believing the gospel. But as far as election is concerned, and what I think he means by election here is what he quoted up here, voted in, (laughs) nice, what he quoted up here, um, that like God has specifically chosen them and that he's promised to them particularly to turn away all godlessness. As far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs, on account of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob right? For always choosing after him for God's gift and his call are irrevocable. So like his, he still has them chosen. They're still his chosen people. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience. So they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. There's a lot of theology in that. It's, 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 and he even finishes it up with, for God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. (laughs) This is Paul. (laughs) So he's saying that he's basically now the situation is they don't believe in the gospel and they are being disobedient to the gospel, but we can't discount their election. Can't discount the fact that he loves them because of the patriarchs. And because he loves them, they will receive a mercy. And so the way Paul sees it is, look, y'all are still, as Christians, going to disobey God. Like, that's a regular thing y'all are going to do. They're disobeying right now because they're not believing in God. But because they have this special favor because of the patriarchs, he sees them all as lumped into one big, happy, disobedient thing (laughs) that he then is going to have mercy on. Okay? I know that's wild. Like it's that as wild, but that's what he says. Like <laughs> something to think on at least. Uh, and then goes into a doxology of, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, 
how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So he basically gets so wowed by what he just said that he has to start praising God. And that's how he ends Romans 11. So all that to say, this isn't uh, something you can walk away and say, oh, there's no hope for the Jewish people. Because Paul obviously had a lot of hope for the Jewish people. Um, And yeah, it's something that I think we can take on today. I think there's some really um, powerful things to think about with all of this, about the fact that God is constantly, if God makes a covenant with a people, he is faithful to rescue that people, no matter how stubborn they are, <laughs> you know? And I think that that's something really to keep, keep in your mind and hearts when you go in your everyday life, cool, practical things. I think he can do the same for you. Um, and I think he is faithful to be in your life if you really believe in him. And no matter how stubborn you are with him or other people, he's faithful to always walk with you like he's walked with this Jewish people. So yeah, that's where I'll close it today for the book of Acts. And thank you guys so much for listening to um, this uh, teaching series that we've been doing. It's been a blast too. I've had a lot of fun going through the book of Acts. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more stuff on Wayfarers that we're doing on Sundays. Um, we won't be doing Bible Classroom for a bit after this. We're going to take a break from that. Um, but uh, we do services every um, Sunday at 6 p.m. And we're always doing up to something um, different every week. So um, you have that to look forward to. Go check us out on our website, wayfarerscc.com, um, to learn more. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.